Hi, everyone. My name's Miranda. And I'm Adrian. And welcome back to the Conflicting Cousins podcast. Yes, welcome back. And I'm sorry I go missing every once in a while. It's been very hectic. But good news is that we're on our way to getting a new home. And I'm sorry about the ding. Should turn that off. The ding? So, yo, I heard it. I don't know if you guys heard it, but someone messaged me. No, I didn't hear it. Oh, that's a plus. Okay, so this week we are talking about autism, something I have some experience in. And I guess we can go from there, I guess. Yes. So let's start off with what is your experience with autism? Well, I have two children who have been diagnosed um, with autism. One is 14 and the other one is four. My oldest has Asperger's, but it's not the way most people generalize what Asperger's is. Um, It's a social, um, he's not socially adaptive. He doesn't get social cues sometimes. He's very awkward doesn't understand like social norms of conversations. So sometimes you have to like, Hey, bring him back. So he's very friendly. He's not awkward in this. Oh, he's not afraid to be out in the open. He loves being the center of attention. It's just, mm-hmm. he doesn't get the social cues and he's um, a sensory avoider. So he does not like loud noises. He doesn't like certain touches and textures. He doesn't like roller coasters. He will not ride one. It's not an enjoying, enjoying, he doesn't enjoy the sensation, sorry. Uh, But he's wonderful. He's brilliant, great vocabulary. And Sean is kind of the opposite. He's both are high functioning. He's a seeker. So he looks for that intense touch with the, um, it's, he's not neurotypical. So like he's constantly seeking something, a deep impact. Climbing, jumping, hitting. In the middle of the night, he bangs his head on his bed. We have pillows and padding all around so he doesn't hurt himself. And he doesn't like strange people. If he knows you, he's fine. But if he doesn't, he will hide from you. Yes. And he does a lot of, yeah, he does a lot of pacing um, in the car. I have a small car and he'll be banging his head, like bouncing his head back on the car seat constantly. Um, he gets fixated on something and it's a constant over and over again. But they're both high functioning. They speak. They're going to be fine in life. Um, so OT and uh, occupational therapy and behavior therapy help both of them. So, because, you know, Sean is four. And so you're already noticing a difference between him and Cody. What was Cody like then at that age since they're supposedly, since you say that they're opposite? Cody um, was, well, as a new mom, he was my very first kid and getting advice from my mother who now knows that her son is autistic pretty much told me his behavior was a normal child. And I started noticing things. Um, he'd line things up. He, like color order, everything needed to be on a schedule. He did not like any disruption. He likes to know what's going on the next day. Sean could care less. 
don't mm-hmm. bother him. You know, <laughs> Cody needs that structure in his life. <laughs> um, from the day Cody was born, I remember no one else was allowed to hold him but me. Like my mom would call me when she would watch him when I went back to work for a little bit. And he'd feel like he hasn't stopped crying. I'd come home, pick him up, and he'd stop. So um, just different things. I, Cody had problems in school a whole lot. Uh, so, and we did try the route of medication for his ADHD and his generalized anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, medicine does not work well with Dakota. He was a robot. And when coming off of certain medications, it was terrible. He was, he had a lot of struggles. And I also noticed when I would go to the doctor, the specialist, he would like, oh, give him another drug for this reaction or for this side effect. I'm like, well, my kid's not going to be living off of drugs for the rest of his life. So we took the route of occupation therapy. It was twice a week and behavior therapy once a week. And they did that for four years. He did that for four years. And how old was he when that started? Unfortunately, he started around six, seven years old. He's mm-hmm. still a toe walker. He's my toe walker. He's already six one. You put him on his tiptoes, and he's like, he's a giant. But he's a wonderful young man. I am very proud of him. Um, he's six one. Oh wow. yes, and a size thirteen shoe. Told him to stop the running sizes. I feel like he wasn't taller than me when I saw him before I moved over here. He's taller than everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, now that you're saying he's six one, jeez. He's still a string bean. He's very skinny. He's very smart. He's just your typical lazy teenager sometimes. So and- you- Go ahead. I do and he loves he loves to sing and act and if I can get the video, I'll have to send it to everybody. But he did. Um, he was the mayor in the Nightmare Before Christmas for his middle school play. And I think he was the only one that took his role seriously. But it was fantastic. <laughs> it was. He did a great job. So do you, So because he likes like theater and stuff, do you think that helps him? Um, because, you know, you said he doesn't like loud noises, but... You know, on a set and stuff, things could get kind of loud. I, th- I think there's um, a fine line of knowing what's coming than unexpected mm-hmm. sounds. Okay. But also it, it allows him to go into his own world. Dakota loves to be in a different world. And one of the socially awkward things is you and I could be having a conversation and he will just totally butt in with this off the wall wrestling fact. Okay, but that's all he's going to want to talk about is wrestling. You will yeah. not change the subject. So he has problems at school with certain people and certain things like that. Um, he has this group of friends that have accepted him and understand that that's who Cody is, and they're very cool with it. But, of course, other kids are buttheads. Yeah. But it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, he does like to escape into his own little world. And, and probably if he ever listens to this podcast, he's going to be mad. But, like, him washing dishes and we have the mirror, uh, not the mirror, the window. So he sees his reflection a lot and you can see him acting out a lot of different scenes and whatever's going through his head. It's kind of funny. Does he listen to the podcast? I don't think so. 
Um, maybe she gets home with his dad. And so there's a lot going on over there. I, I'm happy to get a hello. I love you, mom. Throughout the day. Yeah. So what was, so because Cody was the first, was there similar things that Sean displayed or did you just think just having any basic knowledge from having Cody with autism that, okay, I think Sean is now somewhere on the spectrum or was there something that really gave it away? Um, it was interesting because there wasn't there, the, the symptoms or the, the signs were, were different, but, mm-hmm. um, being a teacher and Cody and just immersing myself in knowing this stuff now and working with students who have autism, it was, he was probably, he was still in the crib and he started bouncing. So he was probably a little over a year old when we started noticing that in the night he'd start moving and repetitive movements over and over again. We talked to the doctor and they said that was normal. And sometimes it's a, a form of self-comfort because they're not getting enough attention. And so I'm like, what the, do I need to sleep with my baby now? Like, I think he gets plenty of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he got older, I, you know, next year, go see the doctor talking to him. He's like, why don't you go see a specialist? And being that he was like two, two and a half, the specialist is like, let's keep an eye on this. Um, I'll see you in six months, six months roll around. He's still exhibiting the same behaviors. He's starting to pace. Like if he's waiting in line somewhere, you'll see this a lot at theme parks when we're at theme parks, he's pretty good with knowing like there are going to be people around, but he paces. He does this at Walmart. He'll just stand there and pace back and forth and zone out kind of like, I think he wraps himself in his own world. So he's not overwhelmed by everything else going on. Mm -hmm. He does like, to play by himself now if he invites you to play it's good you know you can come over and sit with him but unless he invites you to play he's not really gonna want you to engage he tells mommy that she can't play because she doesn't play right so (laughs) um so the last time we took sean to the specialist in gainesville he's like all right i'm definitely seeing a lot of symptoms that you've been discussing and you know he's exhibiting a lot of signs so yes I do believe that he has autism and we're going from there he has had other testing with the school board to see if he could be in a special um VBK program through the school Mm -hmm. and um his social skills were lacking but he's too smart for the program yeah and I I kind of get it it's that double-edged sword if I came in with the paperwork saying yes he's autistic here's all the evidence they would have taken him in and put him into a program that would um, set up like an IEP or a 504. These are accommodations and um, for students with disabilities. And it, mm-hmm. it can range from Isaac, who has a, you know, who has a stutter and has speech therapy. He has an IEP to a 504 with Cody, which means when he's testing and only with state mandated tests because he can do his work. He gets extra time because he is easily distracted and, he struggles. Yeah. So they vary. So right now we're just finishing up the paperwork with Sean and moving things. So he's set up in school and he doesn't struggle those first few years like Cody did. Cody was suspended in kindergarten his first week of school. What? Because <laughs> now Cody, this kid put his Power Ranger hoodie back on his head and says, now I have a helmet. I'm protected. 
and Sean, um, Dakota, not Sean, Dakota whacked the kid upside the head. And I want to say like with a book, but oh. Cody thought the kid was protected with the helmet and the shield. Oh. And so Cody didn't quite understand that he hurt the child and that his pretend helmet did not protect the child. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's kind of funny. It is, but it's, it's, it happened. I was, I was actually like my first week in college going back to school. Um, but he's done so much better. I think the only so, time he's, yeah, he doesn't get in trouble at school. Cody doesn't. Do you ever have, because now, you know, he's he's a middle school and you're a middle school teacher. Do you ever hear any of the teachers, like, um, ask you for tips or anything? Or do they seem to really know how to handle, because he's not the first, um, you know, student with autism or Asperger's that they've dealt with? Or does it seem to be because maybe your area is a little bit smaller, it's kind of still foreign territory. Um, most, and I will say 99.9 of his teachers have been amazing. Um, he started, with, he's been pretty much with me since sixth grade when I was at mm-hmm. Horizon Academy to where I'm at now. And sorry, Destin's walking through. Hi, honey. But now he, um, the one teacher I had a problem with was very open about it that she didn't like him in his class because he's a talkative. He just talks and talks. And I went to the principal and I go, I don't want to sound mean. I don't want to sound rude, but she's apparently struggling with Dakota. And can we just switch science teachers? And he did. And the next teacher, uh, Miss Fai, um, absolutely amazing. I adore this woman and I, I would be honored to work with her again brilliant teacher mm-hmm. the only time she'd call me is when he he was having a rough time with like the over and you know he'd come to my classroom to cool down or um you know we'd give him a threat like i want to call your mom and you know what happens then and so he'd calm down there all the other teachers and they do struggle they'll call me if he's having a rough day um yeah, and I just tell them, try not to cater to him too much because some teachers do get like they're done and I get it. I totally get it. I would love to send my students to their parents when I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> Cody doesn't know where to stop sometimes. So some teachers would send him back to my classroom and I'm trying to teach, but Cody wants my attention and I can't give him my attention when I'm teaching. I so I try to like can you send him to um, the dean's office so he can chill out or go down to guidance to chill out because I still need to teach that's all and the teachers kind of got the hint like they can't just shove their kid off on me my kid onto me while I'm teaching but I I understand that it can be overwhelming he does get excited and talk and he has no volume control when he talks sometimes and so even at the house well like dude you got to lower your voice. It's a little loud. Oh, I'm being too loud. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, he, he gets it. And I, it, and as he grows older, I remember when me and Dustin first started dating and I met his mom, we went out to Chili's and I was dreading it because Dakota didn't really express his frustrations 
when he was overstimulated. And we're sitting down and he looks at my food. I don't remember what I was eating. He goes, mom, your food smells too much. I can't handle it. Can I move to the other end of the table? And this is the first time he ever asked anything like that. And it's just for him speaking up for himself and understanding like, okay, that's a little strong for me. I've got to get out of that situation instead of having a meltdown. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, this is too much. He knows roller coasters are too much for him. So he's like, yeah, that's cool. I'll, I'll wait for you. He understands like his friends like to ride roller coasters and the family members do. And he, he just likes spending time with his friends and family. So something that he's not comfortable with, he'll wait for you. He's like, yeah, go do it. I'll be here. So does he ride like other rides though? Because I mean, I feel like mm, you can get the similar feeling of a roller coaster through other rides. He will do smaller ones like River Rapids. He likes. Okay. He likes the, the, um. He likes the small ones, something simple. So no, Bush Gardens. He doesn't do a lot of riding the rides, but he will run around with Sean in the Jungle Gym at Sesame Street. Mm, yeah but he i think he just enjoys the shows and being around everybody we went right before everything shut down in march with the family and he didn't ride any roller coasters but he had a blast with everybody he enjoyed himself him and i both got to hang out with the family so it was cool i'm kind of curious as sean gets older if sean will be able to um, coax him on to trying a roller coaster again since Sean's kind of the opposite. Sean loves the rides. He's kind of just, it, there's a Grover roller coaster at Bush Gardens. He loves to ride and he likes doing the other things. Um, Sean is definitely going to be the roller coaster buddy for anyone he goes. He's going to be there for you. So, but yeah, I don't know if he's going to coax. I can't coax Cody onto a roller coaster. And I'm not a fan of them. I like them, but I get sick now. I don't know if it's my old age, but it's probably my old age. It happens. But so they are opposite. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think I ever really realized that they were opposite. Cause I mean, I've never really been around Cody too much. I was around with him when he was a baby, which I don't yeah. really remember. You probably remember my interactions with him than I do. My memory sucks. <laughs> There's a lot of video games and um, skateboarding involved. For who? Yeah, For both of you. Because we had a skateboard and you were teaching them how to ride. And then you guys oh. played video games. Stuff like that. I remember that. video games. I don't remember the skateboard stuff at all. I was just impressed with your skills. That's why I remember it. <laughs> I do remember, though, going to the Kingdom Hall with you when he was a baby. Or was that, that Ike? I don't remember. Or was that Ike? Well, they were both small, so I probably had both of them with me. Yeah. That I don't remember you coming to the Kingdom Hall with me. And I'm sorry I invited you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. I mean... I was still having to go back at home anyway, so it's not like it was too much of a difference. That was more fun, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just Dakota, and I used him as an excuse to get up. <laughs> I'll just walk around with the noisy one. Don't worry. You stay and listen to the, the garbage that's being spewed out. Yeah. Oh, 
goodness. So that's like another crazy. Oh yeah, that'll be a few episodes on on their own. Yeah, I got a letter and I kept it. I'll get to share that with you. I so, got my letter. Yeah, I mean, I'm in Italy, so I don't think I have to really worry about that. But so with autism, and you talked about with the boys. So, mm-hmm. do you remember that video of autism in females? How it's underdiagnosed? Yeah. Yeah. So, definitely. For those that don't know what video we're talking about, it, if you go on Facebook and you just search autism in females, you'll see if you go down to watch or BuzzFeed, and it's this girl, she made a TikTok. Um, she is a female with autism. And so she talks about basically how underdiagnosed it is and how females present entirely different symptoms for autism. And it's a really interesting video. And it's by her TikTok is Paige Laylee. And I guess that's the same as her Instagram but I had sent it to Adrian and I told her to check it out because if you watch it, I feel like I've watched a few other like YouTube videos. I don't know about what you thought of it, Adrian, but I feel like you really have to figure out what exactly um, is the definition of masking for them because I feel like any female can mask or every female does mask. And so, and that's one of the biggest things. So she says that one of the biggest things that one of the reasons why autism, first of all, isn't really um, diagnosed in females is because all of it's ever been studied on the male brain. When females usually get diagnosed, it's in their twenties or thirties. She was actually diagnosed, I think she said at 15 or something, and that's considered early. But um, in males and boys, they're diagnosed at way younger ages. I think she said her cousin was diagnosed at two or three. Yeah. Because John is four. Yeah. And then... Like I had talked with some girls about it at work and when you look at what you consider, because every, like the biggest debate with us at work, and I don't know about you, what your thoughts on it are, but for us, it was, okay, so masking, the way I interpret masking is it's a person that's literally able to adapt to any person or any situation they're in. And I mean, she tells, she kind of tells you briefly, like what masking is, but that's what I take away from it. I can be put in any type of situation and I can just like blend in like a chameleon. And that's why it's never really diagnosed because I guess when you're looking at a spectrum of people and you see, um, a little boy displaying um, certain signs that either Sean or Cody displayed at that age. But then you see a little girl and she's just 
feeding off of the other kids and just playing with dolls, which one looks more abnormal to society standards? Yes. Um, I agree with the masking or, um, and I guess I was never good at masking with any, uh, especially with how we grew up. I think we had to mask who we really were in the first place mm-hmm. or who we wanted to be. Um, because being an individual was frowned upon altogether. But like, I think, yeah, I would agree that adapting to like whatever environment and kind of like blending in, going along to get along is what people would do best. Um, and girls, it, even today, our, our society is changing a little bit. The rules are changing and being a little more accepting to women speaking up and standing up and girls speaking up for themselves instead of being cute and quiet. And it's another issue I have with male teachers, but that'll be another topic for another day. Mm-hmm. Um, we, there's definitely a, a stereotype put on what autism supposed to look like. Yes. And I could it can be a problem. I remember actually it was Dakota Isaac's Isaac's um, it was Dakota and Isaac's specialist because they helped me get Isaac into speech therapy. Um, she told me, and I can't remember her name. She moved back down to Tampa. She looked at me. She goes, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you have autism. And I just went, what? And I could just like, wait a minute, me. And I, she said she picked up on me of like sensory avoidance. I don't like certain textures and touches. Like, I like the flavor of watermelon. You'll never catch me eating one because it grosses me out. Um, I don't like touching certain things. Um, really? Too many people. Yeah, a big crowd. Like, I can, I'll be fine while I'm there and I'll handle it, but I'm very quiet and like, I'll only speak when I'm spoken to unless I'm comfortable enough to say something. And then I'm exhausted. Like, I don't want to go out for the next three days because I am mentally done with it. I had to keep up with everything that's going on. So it's overwhelming. And so when I teach during the day, and especially when there's a lot going on, when I get home, I am mentally done because as a teacher, you know, you have to be aware of what you're teaching, aware of what that student said, but be aware of the kid in the back that's trying to give talkies to everybody, you know, the phone calls, the emails, the principal coming in randomly just to watch you teach and you're mentally done. Like there's a lot going on. And I know even for a typical person, that could be a problem. But social interactions, I get myself worked up for. I think I get myself worked up when I do the, um, I, um, the podcast with you because I'm so worked up about trying to stay focused and talk. Well, I feel like some, I feel like just some things you just overstress, which I mean, I don't have room to talk because I'm the same way. I overstress a lot of things, but other things I'm like, no, like, because I remember originally you were like, okay, I'll do research and stuff. And I told you, I was like, no, I was like, this is about like your experience and stuff. So I was just going to ask you questions and answer. I'm not looking for some scientific research and stuff like that. You know, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, that's way easier. Yeah, it's so much better. We can do this. Yeah, and that's all it's about. It's about 
easiness and and uh just chit chatting but so do you think then because this was the other debate of how how would you think masking really is though because i was telling the girls so like i work with three other girls we are all there's only one girl that we have a lot in common the other girl we have very specific things in common that we love to talk about and then the other one um we find things in common but like the way that i would think is is like well technically when i interact with people or like um just anyone because i really like people for me i'm a people person and because i'm a people person I try to find what I have in common with people and I like, I will focus on that and build a friendship off of that. But they were, some of them were pointing out like, um, they're like, well, wouldn't that be considered fake? Not trying to explain it. We were, I stayed after work like an hour. We were talking about this and it was so, they were all interested in it. One of them, she ended up like uh, looking up some other stuff like personality tests and whatnot. And so to me, it's like, so what is masking? Because I mean, if I'm in a group of people and say like my main best friend is busy and she's talking to someone and I mean, I don't really have anything in common with the other people, but I find that one thing. And so I talk about it and it comes off as like, I'm fitting in and the situation is fine. So is that considered masking? Or is masking something else? Okay, well, when you put it that way, it's kind of, um, it's, it's like you, you like to find that common ground. And I think that's a great ability of yours is you want people to feel comfortable and you want everyone to, you know, get along. You want to have friendships. You want to have these connections with people. And that's, I don't think it's masking. That's you being a genuine good person to get to know somebody. Um, I think the masking comes in when we adjust certain behaviors to suit whatever environment we're in. Like at school, um, Mm -hmm. you adjust certain behaviors. When I'm at work, I will adjust my cussing and I won't cuss around the students unless the fire alarm goes off and it scares me. But I apologize for that. Um, Yeah. So we, we do a lot of, and I have to work extra hard, I think, at work to find things in common with people to talk about. Like, I kind of put myself in my classroom and worry that no one's going to want to talk to me because I'm a fucking weirdo. And you could, and I'm not an introvert. I like people in small doses. I, I like being outside. I like the people watch more. But I think masking is that we we hide who we are. Um, because there the social appropriateness. And I think girls are taught at a younger age. You're quiet and not heard. You know, always smile to make people feel comfortable. Oh, man. You know, those kind of things, those social norms that are put on girls much earlier than they are on boys. Boys will be boys. You never hear girls will be girls mm-hmm. in that same context. 
boys get this past to be boys. And a lot is put on girls' shoulders. And that's another topic altogether about certain things. So we immediately, at a young age, you have to act this certain way. We don't get that past like the boys do. And you tell me about the hate comments later with that one. There are other social constructs in our society that are tough on boys as well. They still get that past that girls don't. And I think that's where the masking comes in. Hmm. Okay. Am I making yeah, any sense or am I just rambling? I don't, I'm not sure. No, no, you do. I feel like mine was more, I think me and the one girl we were seeing it as more like too in depth maybe. Because I see it as if maybe it's just not, because I feel like masking, it's something that you have to try to find to do and it's not natural. And for me, I was thinking like, for example, trying to find something in common with someone because maybe you're in a group, but everyone else is talking. And so you're trying to insert yourself. And so you're trying to adapt your personality, not masking the anxiety basically of what you're feeling on the inside to make it look like you're, you know, cool, calm and collected on the outside. But I can, I get what you're saying way more than what I'm thinking of it as. And again, there could be a spectrum of this masking there's in society and with behaviors, but I, Female brains, I think, depending on the society that we're brought in, the culture, they do work differently than the male brain. Yeah. And there are genetics, and I am not a brain specialist, so we'll give the clearing on that. But definitely there's a different mentality and expectation involved. So, yeah, I agree that girls are underdiagnosed. And it goes back to even with the female anatomy, the early studies were all on male bodies. So they're still discovering shit about the female body. So, you know, yeah, it's another, another podcast for another time. Another Ted talk. It's so crazy though. It is very fascinating. Why do I have, sorry. You can take this part out, but I have my brother's dog in the house. Oh. No, it's fine. I'll leave it in. (laughs) Okay. My brother's dog, Peanut's here, and they call him PB for peanut butter, but it sounds like PP all the time, and I hate it. (laughs) Just call him Peanut. (laughs) Oh. So do you notice, do parents ever with you being a teacher do parents ever like on open house night or you know orientation night they ever come to you to let you know like hey um this is so and so um these are their challenges that they have or is it basically like an aid or i don't know um like do you get ahead sure that- up I've only gotten one heads up. Everyone else is just kind of like, hi, here's the paperwork. Bye. Um, Mm. And I was very thankful. The student was amazing. He's a great young man. And he moved to, to another County, but um, 
And I think at that point, I think mom was, they were going through a lot as a family as well. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, she needed to vent. She needed to talk like, this is my kid. He's having a rough time. People, you know, kids. And I get it because I, I want to go beat up the mean kids when Cody has a hard time. Yeah. I don't. Don't worry. And I don't reprimand any of my students who I've known to be mean to Cody. They're, they're kids and I have to separate that. Um, so I was very protective of um, this one student. And, but that was more often than not um, in middle school. I think it's just like, yeah, it's in the paperwork, read it. So there's a lot of organizing involved at the beginning of every year. You're going to get tons of paperwork with your students who have accommodations, who have learning disabilities, who have autism, ADHD, anxiety. You know, there's a whole list of things. You know, your diabetic student, you're going to have that kit in the drawer just in case something happens and they need a sugar. So there's a lot that teachers have to do, but not the parents are like, yeah, I just want this kid's schedule. And then I want out of here. So, yeah, yeah. I've only had one, one parent ever do that. And they ask you about history and they're like, it's, it's history. It's been done already. I'm not teaching anything new. Uh, I am so weird and open house nights. Yep, I'm a history teacher. I teach about the past. I know there's more to it. <laughs> this crap why already you, happened. Why do you think you're so weird on open house night? Uh, I There's so many people coming in, and you just go be like, hi, and just look your name. What class period are you in? Oh, you're in this class. So da 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 da. And like, I'm teaching you world history. It's going to be fun. We're going to eat weird food and you're going to dance the Bollywood style of dancing in my class and probably do Tai Chi. It's going to be fun, but just follow my rules. But yeah. it's, I don't know how to talk to like all these different parents and you get a wide range, a very wide, just there are some strange people out there that are populating this earth. And then there are some wonderful people, but there are some strange ones. And I'll leave it as that because I'm still teaching. When I'm not teaching anymore, you can read the book. And I just, I got to keep that in mind where my students are coming from. And I have to find motivations for them to learn. I, I mean, I want them to learn about history and have a passion for it. But that usually comes later on in life. People start enjoying history. But, um, just learn, have a, a desire to learn stuff. I don't know. That's where I'm at. I went mm-hmm. on a tangent. Thank you for letting me go on the tangent. No, it's okay. I'm trying to think. There was something else I wanted to talk about, but I can't even think about it. It was about autism. It was... Well, um, Asperger's is no longer a diagnosis. It's just the spectrum of autism. Really? Yeah. And sensory processing disorder does not exist. So when Cody, before he was officially diagnosed with autism, um, on his paperwork, his occupational therapy and behavior therapy were for ADHD. Mm -hmm. And sorry, there was a lot of um, sensory work with his occupational therapy. He doesn't like shaving cream. 
he doesn't like the way shampoo feels. And so I'm, he, it's a chore for him to take a shower, things like that, because he has to touch mm-hmm. stuff. So he doesn't like the way it feels. But yeah, that's, it's interesting how they do things now. I'm sorry, the is dog there, came back in. There's a dog in my house. Is there um, foods and stuff like he doesn't like or the texture of? Um, yeah, it's everything. He'll, he likes steak, but he doesn't like the texture of it. And I, I get that. And I had to respect that because I love the flavor of watermelon, but I'm not eating one. Um, so he won't eat steak? No, he will not. So th- so then how no. does he know he likes the flavor if he doesn't eat it? I'm confused. He's had steak before. No, he'll try things. He Yeah. And then you see this like gas reflex kick in. Like there's a texture about it that he will not touch. And then he'll so never touch of- it again. No, he won't. Uh, there's um he'll do chicken. Um but it's usually a lot of like insure healthy drinks with a lot of vitamins and minerals and protein that he needs. Mm-hmm. He'll eat cereal, um, chicken nuggets, and very specific pizza. It has to be like a hand pasta pepperoni pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he walks on his toes. And Sean isn't as picky, but I've noticed that he he will he tries to push his boundaries, and I think it's his age mostly. He'll eat the food but sometimes there's this whole standoff with him not wanting to eat something yeah yeah that's kind of hard because he's still young and kids just do that in general so yes but they're both great kids and Isaac's wonderful I feel like I need to mention the middle child he's a great kid (laughs) as well (laughs) he's so sweet now is there does Isaac sometimes get annoyed with how Cody's behavior sometimes? Like, is it too much for him at times? Or No. Um, Isaac's been going along with it since he's been born. Um, Isaac's always been Dakota's protector. And the powers that be in the universe, whatever you with God, whatever you want to say, I they were meant to be together. They fight like brothers would fight. But Isaac has always had Dakota's back. Mm. Like you leave him alone. Um, and it's been very sweet. And I love Ike. I love all my boys. I kind of miss them right now. My two oldest, they're not here. They'll be coming back soon. I'm excited for that. But yeah, they, they don't get annoyed with like symptoms of autism or anything. They get annoyed with each other about video <sighs> games. Or room, yeah. like he was in the room, and I, Dakota wants to listen to music, and Isaac wants to go to bed, or <laughs> those kind of things. But things are changing. Dakota's going to have his own room, and he can listen to music all he wants. And so mm-hmm. it'll be Isaac and Sean fighting over stuff. But yeah, I think a teenager mm-hmm. should have his own space. Yeah, they should. So, yeah. That's about it, really. So what other is... food won't you eat? I'm still stuck on this watermelon thing, honestly. Really? Yeah. 
Um, I love shrimp. I do, but I can only handle it for like a, like one or two. The popcorn shrimp's fine because I don't feel that that the texture that shrimp and lobster have. Um, and then it starts pushing me out. The texture makes me gag. So, so when you do get you like crab, um, no. Okay. Um, I'm not a big fan of the flavor unless it's smothered, like it's drenched in butter. Same. I think that's I think it's most people, <laughs> but it's a texture thing. And if, especially with um, crawfish or any type of shellfish where I have to take it off myself, I'll gross myself out. Um, I don't do, um, I don't do, I love peppers, bell peppers, but I won't eat anything grilled, like grilled onions or grilled bell peppers. It's too, too weird for me to eat with something. I don't even like it on pizza. I don't like it cooked. I mean, have you tried any of this stuff later on to see if it changes for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've even tried to like olives. They look fantastic. Cannot stand the flavor of it. But that's probably just another thing altogether. Olives look good. They're delicious. You're missing out. I don't like them. I want to like them, though. I never working in a deli. And we had an olive bar with all these different types. And it just, I love the way it looked and it loved setting it up because all the different smells and spices and oils going on, whatever's going on over there. I loved it. Couldn't stand the flavor. I would try one. Nope. I, no. I will say though, that olives here in Italy, it's a different experience. Cause like in the States, you know, you'll buy the green olives with the red thing in the middle, but they're just in like, mm-hmm. They're like in a, like a vinegar, they're in some type of juice, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, here, um, we bought, Matthew wanted olives, so we were at an Italian grocery store and we saw those. They're like the same ones, but I think they were, I think they were stuffed with garlic and they were, you know, huge. And so we bought them and he opened, he opened them up. And uh, he was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and here in Italy, olive? well, no, here in Italy, all their olives are kept in oil. They're kept in olive oil. Yeah. It's not like a juice, like a vinegar based juice like they are in the States. So they're slimy. <laughs> I don't think you're not helping me like olives you're not helping no, me no italy don't eat them in italy that's what i'm saying the states oh. they're fine because I'll, I'll drink like the olive juice from the jar in the states but here and like all of them i think they're all in oil olive oil and so it's really weird because it's like i like the the like tanginess of the vinegar which is pretty much what okay. i'm sure they put olives in in the states so it's kind of funny i am a big fan of vinegar it's always lovely experiences when you expect one thing and you get the complete opposite yeah i i totally get it i don't i'm sorry if you guys hear my son he's having fun in the living room 
Um, good to know when I go to Italy. Um, I'm not allowed to go right now. Europe has a ban on America, so sorry. Yep. Um, yep. They're they're looking at but, um, everything going on, and they're like, nope, nope. <laughs> you know, I feel the same way sometimes. I got. I want us to go back to teaching. Everything's normal, but they're not mandating students to wear masks right away. I'm like, nope. Like, wait a minute. I said I teach, but everyone needs to be wearing masks. And they're not sure they're going to be allowed to make students wear masks. <laughs> Just spray them all with what Lysol the before they walk in. Uh, that, they're coming and being sprayed down. Yeah. But on that note, um, I love you, my wonderful cousin, Miranda. I love you, too. We have to talk up olives another time. I want to thank everybody for listening. And like, subscribe, please share. This is this is more fun every time we do it. And my my schedule will probably be less hectic now that things are moving forward. I hope so, because trying to find episodes on the fly is hard. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Only, Life is crazy around it's here. It's only got three plays. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Well, you guys like and subscribe and listen to us and share our wonderful talking points of strange dogs and olives in Italy that are slimy. Yeah, yeah. All right. I love you and I will talk to you later. All right. Love you too. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Bye, Bye Miranda. Bye.